0: Son of God, He is near. He chose to walk with us. These tribal
1: trails.
0: Tribal trails. Hello and welcome. Not long ago, Rita Anderson took a trip to beautiful Yukon in Dawson City, She met with Ian and Maria Nyland. Maria is a nurse who moved north from the United States, while Ian is Métis and originally from Alberta. We will hear their stories and the very different paths they took to serving the Lord in the north. They are going to cover a broad spectrum of life. So as you watch, think about where you are in life and how you could relate. We'll begin with Maria as she shares about her childhood.
2: I grew up in the United States. I was born in Ohio. Okay. Um, then I lived part of my life in Kentucky, in southeastern Kentucky, oh, at a little mission nice church. church. Beautiful. There, yeah. Um, so my dad was kind of an assistant pastor, I guess, there. Then uh, spent the rest of my growing up years back in Ohio in a Mennonite community there. Nice. Yep. Yeah. Family? Yeah, I'm the oldest of four. Um, my dad was a pastor leader in, in Ohio as well, and now he's retired from that, and so I grew up in a Mennonite church there. Okay, so you
3: heard about the Lord when you were very young.
2: Yes, I did, yeah. What's the first thing you
3: remembered about
2: the Lord? Well, in, when I was in Kentucky, I remember being you know, heavily involved in Sunday school and, and church and those kinds of things, and definitely heard, heard about the gospel there. and. Uh, my father had written in his diary that I received the Lord at age five, which would have been in Kentucky. Mm-hmm. But my first real kind of conversion kind of experience I remember was when I was nine. I remember sitting in a church service and feeling very convicted that I wanted to make sure mm-hmm. I was a believer and that I knew what my relationship was with God was. Oh, okay. I wrote it in my Bible that I received the Lord today. And when I was nine.
3: So, how was your walk in your teenage in your
2: teenage years? Um, it was. I, I would say I was fairly faithful. I had a lot of Christian friends, a uh, very supportive community there, a supportive church. And um, from a fairly young age, I knew I was interested in missions. That God had laid that on my heart. Exactly. That I was interested in missions. Yeah. And I didn't picture Canada. I pictured somewhere spanish-speaking probably (laughs) or maybe the middle east somewhere warmer but uh god has a way of moving us in the place he wants us to be okay how did that work well when i i went to university to to cedarville in ohio and graduated with a degree in nursing and one of my professors knew about crossroad medical center with send Alaska and suggested I come t- north for some experience because a nurse just out of school doesn't get hired right away. So I came north and really fell in love with the people and, and the north. So you went to Glenallen
3: mm-hmm. and working in the medical field Great. and uh, the Bible school, Glenallen Bible school is right next to it. Yeah,
2: and. Um, so is that a Christian ministry? Yeah, so Send North, I think, or Send Alaska, um, has ha- had an Alaska Bible college in Allen at that time, and Crossroad Medical Center is still there as well. And they also have a radio station, that, or they did have a, um So it was all kind of a big mission organization there yep. in Glenallen. Yeah, exactly. And you were in the medical field, but what
3: kind... What kind of missionary work did the medical, how
2: did that tie in? Okay. Um, I'm a nurse, so I was working there as a nurse and... um, Serving the community? Serving the community. About 3,000 people in that valley, the Copper River Valley. Um, So we were providing primary and emergency care to people there. Uh, So we were the only medical facility um, in that area. So we would have people working 24-7 there. We had people on call as well. And uh, it was, it's quite a wonderful thing to be able to work in a Christian place where you can feel very free to support your patients in prayer and sharing Christ with them um, when, when they are open to it and praying as staff together, asking for God's guidance and wisdom in our work as well. So it was a very special time, yeah, to work together with the nurses and physicians there and other staff. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. I only got to be there for two years um, because I met Ian in that community while he was going to Alaska Bible College.
3: Tell me a little bit about yourself. Where were you born?
4: I was born in Alberta in Barhead, okay. but I was, um, I was adopted into a family and we lived in Whitecourt I think is where we first oh, lived.
3: Near yep. yeah. Métis?
4: Yeah. My yeah. dad is Métis. Yeah. yeah. Uh,
3: what do you remember of your early years?
4: Uh, Very young, at a very young age. uh, I don't come from a Christian family, but I remember My sister had gone to school and uh, the Gideons had given her a Bible and told her some Some things and she came home and told me I was a sinner. So that's the first. Yeah You know, it felt I don't know why but it felt like at up until that point in my life things were good and then all of a sudden I realized that uh, something was wrong with me and I couldn't quite put a finger on it, but my sister was pretty good at pointing out that <laughs> you were a sinner, and I, so I remember that. And, and I remember just feeling, uh, dealing with that in my heart, that there was something wrong, and, and I needed, needed something, but I didn't really know what. So not too much longer, in grade one, I was in, I remember our, our, our teacher got up, and it was Easter, and we were having, there was Easter eggs, and all this, this stuff that isn't really about Jesus, yeah. right? Happening and she felt really convicted that she needed to tell her class what the real meaning of Easter was. And so I remember that very clearly too. And also at that point, having an emotional reaction and just, I remember going out of the room and I was crying and I, I looked up at a tree and I, w- I remember saying, I'm sorry, Jesus, that you had to die for me. And
3: Aww, that,
4: that's what I remember from, from being young. Grade one. Yeah. And my family, uh, after that, my, we, we broke up and there were six kids in our family. I was the only adopted one. And uh, my mom really had felt that she had heard about uh, children needing adoption and she really wanted to give uh, one of them a home, so that's why she adopted me. Um, then our, our family broke up after that, and uh, so we went through hard times as a family in some ways, yeah.
3: And did you stay in Barhead and Whitehorse, in White Court?
4: Uh, we stayed until I was in grade four. We moved to Prince George, mm-hmm. and we lived there for a year. And then we moved to Williams Lake, and we stayed in that area. Williams Lake. I, we lived out on the Horsefly Road, but we stayed in that area for until I graduated from from high school.
3: Did you have another encounter with the Lord
4: after that? Well, it was a, it's a strange thing because. Um, my whole life i i felt like i should pray and a lot of times i would pray and sometimes i remember almost thinking i need to pray every day and so i would pray and i had this side of my life but on the other side of my life it seemed like i was kind of against god against religion and it, it was and my you know we didn't have my mom wasn't a christian and didn't we didn't go to church or anything like that so um so I, I felt almost there was two sides to me almost sometimes. There was a part that kind of believed God, but there was a part that didn't. you
3: yeah. didn't have the teaching, really.
4: I guess that was it, yeah, and, and no...
3: No guidance. Yeah.
4: The, the next time I, I had an encounter um, with God was out at a mining camp, and uh, I'd come up here to work, and I was working in Clear Creek, also kind of strange but I had to go on to to the night shift and on uh, work on the dredge John hogan dredge and <laughs> there's this guy there working there and he um, nice guy and big you know strong young man and I was young too but he said he didn't he didn't want to work on the night shift because he had seen a ghost on the dredge oh. and it just it just freaked me out I didn't want to <laughs> so i uh, I was mulling this over my head and, and not very pleased with having to go on the night shift and and somehow, in that time, uh, Joan told me about Jesus, you know, that, um, that Jesus essentially wanted me to ask for forgiveness and go to the Father and ask for forgiveness for my sins. And I had, and so I did. And I don't know, it wasn't so much fear that compelled me, but it was, it was Joan just loved God. And
0: who was
3: Joan?
4: Joan Runwick. She was the wife of John Runwick, who was a winchman on the dredge. Oh, okay. Yeah and so she told me about, about Jesus and I and I went and I, I remember going to my room and uh, asking God to forgive me and just uh, there again I really uh, you know I felt a real uh, peace and, and love and and release um, but it it still took a while before you know I, I uh, I guess I didn't really understand, and I. Uh, so it was actually about five years after that that I really, I had, I remember sitting in the bar in downtown Whitehorse in the TNM, and uh, I remember saying t- to God, I said, God, I don't don't want to be here, but I don't know what else to do, you know, and, and it was that night that uh, God just really, it was, I guess it was like a dream, but it was, God was just was so real to me, and He revealed Himself. And and I really understood that I was a sinner and that I needed I needed forgiveness and I needed Him.
1: Do you love me and will you be there When I'm down and out? Is there a star in your night sky that will not go out i'm alone again on some distant shore waiting for the light to burn a token of your heart alone again on some distant shore Waiting for the light to burn A token of your heart We get so lost in the shadows Of another man's dream We have to remember the song He taught each one of us to sing Alone again On some distant shore Waiting for the light to burn promise of your heart Alone again On some distant shore Waiting for the light to burn A token of your heart Love me and will you be there when'm down
4: I went to um, uh, dorothy bradley 's house, and I knew I knew that she was a christian, and so i god had God said you know was 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 impressing upon me that you can't just you can't just wander you can't just you have to actually make a stand, you know, and you have to stand on what you believe. and I said to Dorothy, I, I remember sitting across the table from her, I said, Dorothy, I'm, I'm a Christian, I believe in Jesus, I believe that he, he died for me. And, and she gave me a big hug, and, and things. she got me into the church reading the Bible, and that was when my life really started to change. And
3: Your relationship with God changed, and, and how did that turn out? How, what kind of a path did that lead you in?
4: It got me involved with uh, the church in Whitehorse, Whitehorse Baptist. Okay. That was Dorothy's church, and it was a good, solid church. Yeah. And there was one fellow there, um, Dave Gottlob, who was also associated with SEND. And he said, hey, why don't you come over to Alaska and check out this Bible college? So I did, and, and graduated there in 95.
3: You got married shortly afterwards? Or?
4: <laughs> we got married in... 96 November 30th, 96. I was preaching in a in a church in Chistochina. Oh
3: yes, okay. And
4: I would go and visit people, and it seemed like kind of lonely work, eh? Yeah. You know. <laughs> yes. I thought, boy, it'd be nice to have a partner in, in this this whole thing, and and uh, so I remember really praying to God, and I, God, I I really want, you know, I was really serious about the prayer, and. I've often found in life that if you're if you're really serious, then God really takes you at your at your word. And and anyways, uh, Maria, uh, it just all of a sudden occurred to me that Maria was there, and and that <laughs> that it was, she was a wonderful woman, and uh, she would make a great partner. And it was actually kind of uh, disconcerting to me as well because I she had gone up to. Um, Work with this this other guy somewhere up. They were ministering in another place, and I was wondering, maybe I'm too late now, God. <laughs> but yeah, so we, we met yeah in '94, and then we got at when we um, we started dating, and uh, very very much, you know, um, enthralled with with her, and and uh, thought, you know, just without thinking too much. oh yeah, why not just get married and. And so we set a date, and then I went, came back here, and started to work, and uh, started, and started to think about getting married. And it, it was harder.
3: Were you praying for
2: someone to come into your life, also? Uh, when I left for Alaska, the myth was that. There's only guys, well, the the ratio of men to women in Alaska is very high, and so you must be going to Alaska to find a husband. And I said, I am not going to Alaska to find a husband. (laughs) And that wasn't my intent at all. Um, But when I started attending in Shistachina the winter that I got there, um, he was preaching, yes, and I remember too one Sunday he sang a song he'd written, and that was it for me. (laughs) but it took some time to kind of warm me up to the idea, I think. Oh, it it was clearly God that did that thing. So he graduated in 95, and then we Mm -hmm. dated for the tail end of his time in Alaska, actually, because his visa was running out.
3: Yes. saw you preaching this morning. So how, how did God lead you into that ministry of pastoring?
2: Well,
4: that happened... I was in Bible college, but I was sort of aimless. I was just... Bible College was kind of like my discipleship program in a way because I I went there because I was a young Christian and I just wanted to be around Christians and so Bible that was Bible College for me and it, Alaska Bible College was great because there was a lot of professors uh, to student ratio and, and they took an interest in the students and, and discipled us so it was, it was good uh, but while I was there I started really having this desire to understand i thought you know it would just be cool to know exactly what the bible's saying you know and so i thought i'll study greek right so i got into the pastoral program and started uh, studying greek and then a friend of mine was also in the pastoral program jonathan horde and he was preaching at Chestachina, and he thought he'd like a break once in a while and so he was trying to get other people and so he bugged me once in a while at least that's the way it seemed to me, and it took a long time, uh, but it just, I don't know how to describe it, but it was like a, like, kind of like a spark inside me that just felt like I wanted to say something, and, and that's kind of how it started. I, I, um, my sister, uh, interestingly enough, when I was a kid, I remember her walking home with her from the school bus, and I remember her, with her hands over her ears, yelling at me, Stop preaching at me! But
3: The one who told uh, you you were a No, singer? this is a different
4: one. Oh. This is my youngest sister so i was always quite a quite a know-it-all as a, as a young kid unfortunately and uh, um but this desire to to preach um happened while i was in in the pastoral program in, in alaska bible college and I, I started going to chisto and writing sermons and i'm sure they weren't very good at the beginning but uh, and i still struggle sometimes too but uh, but i I really, I love God's Word and I really like it when He uses me and, and I feel that's one of the ways that uh, that happens. You
1: put the light inside of me You put the light inside You put the light inside of me put the light inside nine inch nails in your head and can you lead us? To the promised land With all we fear We try and hold you down Look in the tomb He can't be found Look in the tomb The light inside of me. You put the light inside. You put the light inside of me. You put the light
3: inside. So, what brought you to Dawson City? I mean, preaching at this church.
4: Well, this I had graduated in '95, and I um, moved back here, or yeah, I was working here. I remember in the summer, John Lauder came to me because uh, I had been going to this church while I was going to Bible College, and I'd, I'd sat under your husband's wonderful uh, sermons as well. And uh, but uh, John, at that time, they didn't have a pastor, and John. Uh, came to me and said that we we talked together as a board and we'd like to ask you if you'd come and, and pastor her here. And I thought about it for a while and it wasn't a hard decision for some reason. I just kind of said, okay, and, um, and got into it. And then I told Maria about it later, but I probably should have asked her first. But, but she was uh, she was really agreeable about it. And, and she's always loved the North, uh, you know, she loves it. Oh, yes. if, if we ever move, it'll be, It'll be me trying to get her to leave. She loves it here. Yeah.
3: When he's preaching here in the church, what are you doing?
2: I think, first of all, I, I really think it's important to be supportive of him and, and giving him encouragement and being that kind of a wife for him. I don't always do the best job I could, but I yeah.
4: I'm very certain that the only reason I lasted twenty years here is because of Maria. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Um, there's a lot of other things I enjoy doing, and so I've I've gotten involved in lots of different things at church. I help organize events and ladies retreat, and I've taught Sunday school sometimes. And it depends really on how the other parts of my life are going. Right now, I work full time, so I I don't do some things that I used to do here at church, like things during the day, maybe. But yeah, youth group has been part of our. Life experience too, and helping a lot at Camp Klondike in the summer times and things like that, different things over the years. So, yeah.
3: So, you've been in the ministry for 20 years, and um, can you uh, not really explain, but maybe share some of the challenges that you have come up against in ministry? I know it's not always easy.
4: Mm. I think one of the things that I found difficult about the ministry was uh, wondering if you were doing a good enough job or not, you know, and I think struggles with uh, people, you know, we've had some struggles in the congregation. I guess every church probably does, but and. You know, we're, we're people, I'm, I'm part of the problem. Especially when
3: there's personalities, yeah. and there's so many personalities, you know, and try yeah. to get them to...
4: Yeah, it's amazing. It's amazing, What's really. amazing is that it works at all, to be yeah. honest, yeah.
3: He works it to his glory. Yeah. Yeah.
4: Yeah, yeah. yeah. but those, those are the things I found. Um, and, you know, just uh, probably dealing with the constant disappointment in myself, I think is probably one of the biggest struggles. I think over the years, it just it took its toll, and uh, I, you know, I I think I, that's probably what did me in finally, why why I resigned.
3: Yeah, you just resigned recently, Evan. A couple you? of years ago. Yeah. A couple of years ago. Yeah, but you're still preaching.
4: Yeah. Still preach, and still we're still part of the board here, and yeah. um, and I, I I really love to preach. Uh, I I, had, I did find it hard sometimes to have to preach every Sunday and that was a struggle too but mm-hmm. but I I was telling another board member the other day that you know he was thanking me that for preaching and stuff and and I said to be honest I don't know what I would do if I if I couldn't uh, you know at least keep my feet somewhat in the water you know and.
3: Do you have any challenges in the ministry?
2: When there is conflict within the church body, and sometimes that's a little bit under the radar because there's private conversations that happen when you're in leadership, um, it's difficult sometimes to feel like you have, um, I mean, we have each other to share things with. Um, but I found that my own family has sometimes been a great support because I need to talk to someone outside of our church about the struggles we're having or the the things that are going on. Um, but. I've really found too that, that going to the Lord and, and remembering the truth of His Word about what He says about how my heart should be and what, I, what my responses should be um, really calms the anxiety that you can experience in those situations.
0: Thank you, Ian and Maria, for sharing your life with us. They both accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, but at different stages of life in very different ways. The important thing is that they did enter into a personal relationship with the synagogue. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit of God will be with you to guide and comfort you through life. If you'd like to know more about this, please contact us. As we've heard from the Nileans, life won't always be easy, or problem free. Remember that whatever you're going through, God will never leave you. We have a Heavenly Father who loves you very much. God bless. How
1: deep the Father's love for us, how vast beyond all measure that he should give his only son. To make a wretch his treasure. How great the pain of searing loss! The father turns his face away, as wounds which mar the chosen one bring his sons to.
0: school